welcome you in to another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, early Happy New Year to everyone out there. The NFL season continues to chug along. My name is Jason Gotch. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, John Spataro. And we are entering another week of the NFL season. Hard to believe, John, that this is week 15. And before we talk about any of the lines, I got to give kudos to the National Football League because the coronavirus pandemic continues throughout the country. A lot of people didn't think this would be possible, that we would be playing an entire NFL season that games would be played, if not as scheduled, at least within a reasonable time frame. And so far, uh, the NFL, they've had to make some schedule adjustments, but here we are uh, right before the Christmas holiday, and the NFL is on track to complete a 17-week regular season as they would do in a normal year. I know a lot of places don't have fans in the stands, but when you think about where the country's been at the last, well, heck, now almost a year, nine months or so, and you think about what a lot of, Things, or rather, a lot of things that have changed throughout the country. Uh, the one constant has been uh, the National Football League. So kudos to the NFL uh, for getting this done and doing it in a safe and responsible manner, John. And uh, I can't say my picks last week were as good as what the NFL has been able to do with, with the, the coronavirus schedule. So I'm going to turn it over to you before I tell you about my rough re- week and all the audience out there gets to get informed with Jason Gotcha. Struggled with last week with the picks. Uh, let's turn it over to John Spataro. How'd you do last week, John? Yeah, Jason, I echo your statements about uh, getting the season off the ground. It's remarkable that they're on pace to play the Super Bowl on time. We've certainly had to adjust, you know, watch some games on Wednesday this year, watch some games on Tuesday nights and all in between. However, it's actually been a pretty enjoyable season. And uh, back in August and uh, July throughout the summer, I was really looking forward to getting back to football. And it certainly filled a nice void in our lives here as we're stuck inside or changing things due to the coronavirus virus so I've been very happy with the first oh you know few weeks of uh or or a few months I should say of the NFL season so right on uh to what you said and I believe and agree with you so far that I will say I didn't have a great week either I went one and two this week uh not necessarily my best uh let's start with what I won and it was a pretty easy one just like I thought I was on the side of the Seattle Seahawks welcoming the New York Jets to Seattle and that one wasn't even close the spread was large 13 and a half points is what I got it at and the Seahawks won 40 to 3 so that one was never even really close that was a nice cover uh, you could see that one coming a mile away at least that's what I thought and that's how it turned out happy about that one not so happy about my other two games first if you remember last week I was talking about betting against Jalen Hurts as he went up uh, against the Saints in his first NFL start I didn't think he was going to be ready to play out the gate and he proved me wrong he had a pretty good game uh, both three throwing the ball and running. He had uh, about 167 yards through the air and added 106 uh, with his legs on 18 rushes. So uh, don't look now. The Eagles might be a sleeper in the NFC East. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later, Uh, but definitely not the start that I thought Hurts was going to have. He actually looked pretty good in that game. And although the Saints tried to come back late, it wasn't enough. And I lose that one being on the side of the Saints minus six and a half. They lost uh, 24-21. Eagles win outright in that game. And then finally, I have no idea what happened in this one. I have I had a million reasons to think that this one was going to go way under the number, which was 47. And of course, the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers went on to score a absurd amount of points with 59 
32-27 final in Carolina. I don't know how this one happened. Between what we've seen from the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball this season and some of the banged-up players that the Panthers had, I had no idea that they were capable of scoring this many points. But alas, they did, thanks to a really big fourth quarter, scored 24 points in that final frame, and that one uh, wasn't even close to the number, which was 47. So all in all, 1-2, and two, still chasing 500, like I've mentioned, trying to get to the playoffs at an even mark. Uh, where anything can happen. I'm a couple games behind 500 right now on the year, but there's always this week to get back with another 3-0 week. Absolutely, as John will try and get back on track, and I will as well. Last week was a rough one for yours, truly. Had the Cleveland Browns plus the one and a half. That one looked good early in the game, but of course, uh, we know what happened. Justin Tucker hit a long field goal to give the Ravens the lead late in that game, and then the Browns played the old lateral game on the ensuing kickoff, and there was a safety. So that ended one ended 47-42. Uh, the Browns were losers last week, getting one and a half points at home, like the home dog there. Didn't quite go the way I expected to. Also, the San Francisco 49ers last week, this is a team, again, coming off a Super Bowl, you thought the 49ers were going to be a team this year. Uh, that would be a play-on team, but they've had some issues, injuries at quarterback. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been healthy for much of the season. They, they played Nick Mullins a lot this year, and he's been inconsistent. But the Niners were a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Washington football team last week in San Francisco. And the Washington football team coming off a big win over the Steelers, uh, a weekday game that was a, a late game because of COVID. And then the, the Washington football team following up that huge win at the Steelers that gave Pittsburgh their first loss of the season. Uh, they win in San Francisco 23-15. So right now the Washington football team left for dead earlier in the year. Now the favorite, if you look at what the odds makers have up there, and we'll talk about this later in the show, but they're now the favorite to win the NFC East, hard to believe, and they could actually get to 500 for the season. Wouldn't be out of the question. Remarkable job Ron Rivera does with his teams in the months of November and December. If you look at his teams with Carolina, they would get off to slow starts, but they would be play-on teams in the second half of the year, and it's looking that way again with Rivera now coaching the team in D.C. And then I lost last week with the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, a 26-15 home winner in that game. Pittsburgh was given two and a half on the road, so the Steelers, after that 11-0 start, have now lost two consecutive games. So 0-3 for me, not a week I'd like to remember, and I did have the Texans as well, uh, laying a few points in Chicago against the Bears. That was not a best bet, but I, with the Bears being the local team, John and I always pick those games. And I lost that one as well as Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears really dominating Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So 0-3 for Jason Gotch this week. We'll look to bounce back with the best bets, and we'll see what we do with the Bears game as well. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. And this is a perfect transition, John, into something. Uh, look, I didn't expect this. I just said I picked the Texans uh, minus the points last week. Uh, but the Chicago Bears had other thoughts on their mind. Hard to believe the Bears were as dominant as they were last week. But uh, Mitchell Trubisky outplaying Deshaun Watson in a battle of uh, draft picks from the 2017 draft. Of course, everybody knows the story of Trubisky getting picked before guys like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. But at least for one Sunday, it uh, looked like Ryan Pace did the right thing because the Bears were 36-7 to winners in that game. So the Bears... Now 6-7 and seven heading into Minnesota this coming Sunday. But you look at where the Bears are at, John. They're only one game in the standings behind the Cardinals for the final playoff spot 
in the NFC with that third wild card this year. And it makes you think back to about a week and a half ago when the Bears were up 10 with two and a half minutes to go at home against Detroit. If they had won that game, uh, the Bears would be sitting seven and six right now and in a serious position to make the playoffs. Now, uh, they're going to need a lot of help still to get there, but the Bears still alive. Yeah, somebody call Al Pacino because this is the any given Sunday that they spoke about in that movie in which uh, any team can beat any other team in embarrassing fashion like this, I guess, anytime an NFL game is played. But yeah, it, it's really a head scratcher as to where this came from. In the second quarter, the Bears scored 23 points. That ties or surpasses their point total for eight of their full games this year. So in eight of their games, they have scored less than 23 points. They hung 23 on Deshaun Watson and the Texans in the second quarter. And then obviously didn't score much after that because they only added six extra points. But still, it's just been absolutely crazy to think that a Bears team like this could go off for that many points in a single quarter, uh, let alone a single game. And yet, here we are. So as although I've mentioned that there's not much the Bears could do right now to make me feel better about their direction as a whole, uh, you know, I, I did mention that I, I do want to see them make the playoffs just, you know, to have a, a playoff appearance and maybe get some extra games to watch down the street. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, you got to think that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are gone no matter what. They still remain mathematically in the equation, like you mentioned, only a game behind the Cardinals. But uh, it looks a lot different, and it, and it seems a lot different feeling uh, since they got rid of Nick Foles and put Mitch back in. He just seems to be uh, able to do some more things, still not necessarily making all the throws he needs to make, still not you know capitalizing on every opportunity he's given. But in this game, which he's had a couple in the past, I remember maybe a game of a couple years ago uh, where he did something similar. I think it was against the Buccaneers where he threw for uh, four or five touchdowns and just looked like he was all bit of the the second overall draft pick that he is. Uh, but then he'll lay an egg and, and you know, the counter kind of resets on Mitch. So we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But this one was certainly a surprise. I did not see it coming, like you mentioned, Jason. Uh, and, and really a bad look for Deshaun Watson. I mean, everybody's been all over Mitch for the entirety of both of their careers for being the first quarterback pick. And although the Texans are having a tough season, you'd like to see uh, a guy like Watson put up more than seven points. Uh, maybe a nod to the Bears defense who finally got back on track after a couple poor performances in a row. I think this probably answers the question, too, that we were asking if this team had given up on Nagy. All in all, good win. Uh, keeps them in contention, not necessarily expecting a Super Bowl after it or anything. But uh, it's sure nice to watch a, a game with a little bit of offense rather than a 19-16 a to 16 game that we've been treated to too many times over the, this last few years as a Bears fan. And it was a good start, John, for the Bears in that game. Montgomery had the long touchdown run. I think it was an 80-yard touchdown run on the first Bears play from scrimmage. Trubisky, 267 yards, three touchdowns. So he played very well. Deshaun Watson had 219 yards passing, one touchdown, but he was sacked six times. Houston never got their running game going. This was the best Bears performance uh, since early in the season. The Texans are not a good football team. The Bears are, are not all that good either, but they're a better team. Uh, they showed that than Houston. But it's going to be interesting over these last three games of the season what the Bears do because the Bears, I think, have a realistic chance here to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. And that would make, again, I, I think if Matt Nagy and the Bears, if they win this week at Minnesota and then they beat the Jaguars the following week, which I think they will do, the Jags with only one win, and they probably lose at home to the Packers. But this game against the Vikings, if they can win this game on the road, the Bears would get to 8-8 eight and eight for the second consecutive season. Matt Nagy would be eight games over five hundred 
through his first three years as Bears coach because they were eight games over his first year. They were 12-4. and four. That was the, the doink game against the Eagles in the playoffs uh, off the upright in early January in the first round of the playoffs as the Bears won the division. Uh, then you had last year where they started slow and they finished pretty strong to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. If they get to 8-8 eight and, eight, eight, eight and eight again this year, I just wonder if Matt Nagy is not the worst NFL coach in history not to have a losing season through his first three years because the Bears would not have a losing season under Nagy, but you'd be hard-pressed to find a coach that's worse than Matt Nagy that would not have had a losing season in his first three years. So, interesting game against the Vikings coming up this week. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. We come back. We'll break that game down, look at it from a gambler's perspective. Also, a lot of other interesting Week 15 games in the National Football League we're going to talk about. We'll get to our best bets we do that every single week. We tell you if we win or lose. Sometimes we're hot, sometimes we're not. Hoping to get back on track, John and I both this week with our best bets. And also, a little bit later on, we haven't done this in a while. We're going to look at the divisions in the NFL that are still up for grabs and what the betting lines look like with just three games left in the regular season. So a lot to do on state lines, so little time to do it. But we'll get to it all, start it off when we come back with the Bears and Vikings breaking that down from a gambler's perspective. More right after this. Welcome back to State Lines, where you get the best pro football information from the gambler's perspective in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. It's time to take a look at the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings a three-point favorite in this game. You look at the total right now, John, it is at 46. The Vikings won in Chicago earlier this season. Uh, Minnesota has had an up-and-down campaign. They started off slow. Then they, they kind of hit their stride when they beat the Bears. But last week, they were a struggling team, the Vikings were. They lost that game in Tampa 26-14 to the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. So you look at the Bears and the Vikings. They're both 6-7. and seven. They both still have outside playoff hopes. Uh, Bears a small favorite in, or small uh, underdog in this one to Minnesota. Uh, break it down from the gambler's perspective. How are you looking at this game? Yeah, I like this one a lot more when it opened up at plus six for the Bears. I thought that would be some nice value if you were able to grab that right out of the gate. However, it's since gone to close to three points in favor of the Vikings at home. And yeah, how many different ways can you arrive to a game with two six and seven teams? You got the Bears who started off five and one, uh, definitely looked like they were scheduled for the playoffs and, and certainly had the expectations to be there. And then you had the one and five Vikings who really didn't look good at all and people were ready to uh, fire them and 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 get rid of uh, Mike Zimmer and everybody involved in that operation but then we're back here and both teams are six and seven knocking on the door of a playoff chance and uh, looking to save the season essentially so uh, you mentioned Jason two different games last week the Bears got back on track with a big win against the Texans uh, not so much for the Vikings they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so who do you believe uh, in this one you got two really good offensive players uh, in David Montgomery who's really turned into a nice season here. Uh, 288 rushing yards, three touchdowns in his last three games. And then meanwhile, Dalvin Cook needs no introduction, nor does uh, the way that Kirk Cousins has been playing lately, especially uh, dating back to the last game that he played against the Bears. He torched the Bears defense at Soldier Field on Monday night, 292 yards, two scores, and everyone knows the weapons he has in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, and the rest of that supporting cast on the Minnesota Vikings. So all in all, this smells... 
uh, like a Vikings cover to me. I'm sorry, Bears fans. You know that uh, I'm always rooting for the Bears to pull it out, but I, I just don't see a huge drop-off from the last time these two teams played. It's easy to think that the Bears are a little bit tighter now that they've got Mitch Trubisky back in the mix and he played well. Uh, but like I mentioned in the first segment, uh, one big game out of Mitch does not usually tell the entire story of his season. He's been up and down his entire career. He is capable of putting up a 100 or between a 100 and 200 yard passing uh, night and and no touchdowns or one touchdown. So uh, points still at a premium for the Bears, despite the fact that they scored 36 of them in their game against the Texans. So I think I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one. It hurts me to do so. Uh, there's a lot riding on this game in the NFC playoff picture. So that might be uh, even more reason for both of these teams to get up and want to play hard. Uh, the Vikings had the number for the Bears at Soldier Field. I think they'll do it again in Minnesota on Sunday. All right, John is on the Vikings to sweep the season series from the Bears. And if that were to happen, that would all but end any chance the Bears would have to make the playoffs. Again, they're one game behind the Cardinals. They're tied with other teams, including the Vikings right now. One game behind Arizona in the standings for the third and final wild card spot in the NFC. But a loss by the Bears this week puts them 6-8. and eight. Game against the Jaguars, they probably win a week from Sunday and then a game they're not likely to win that final week of the regular season because the Packers most likely will still be battling for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And if you had a chance to hear anything Aaron Rodgers had to say this week, and especially after the Lions fell to the Packers at Ford Field in Detroit last week, and now the Packers in line if they can win out for the number one overall seed in the NFC. He talked about how important it is. I think the Packers have played in four championship games under Aaron Rodgers in the NFC, and they haven't had home field advantage in any of those contests. And the only one won, that was the one about 10 years ago where they ended up going on to win the Super Bowl that year. So uh, that's something to keep in mind here, too. The Packers, the, some teams might say, oh, we want home field advantage, but, you know, we've got a shot without it. I think Green Bay realizes in their history, home field advantage has pretty much sunk them in a lot of key games in the NFC title game. So uh, the Green Bay is going to be very motivated, most likely to pay, play the Bears, and they're going to have a lot on the line in Week 17. So the Bears really need this one if they're going to go ahead and make a run here at playoffs in the last uh, few weeks of the season. And I actually think they get this game. I, I, I disagree with John a little bit from the gambler's perspective here. I understand what John's uh, what our John articulated there. But I actually think the, the, the Vikings have been playing up and down football. I think the Bears defense, what they did to Deshaun Watson, they got a chance to do that to the Vikings offense as well. And I think the Bears offense, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but the Bears offense is better than, uh, under Mitchell Trubisky than it was under Nick Foles. Look, Foles cannot move around in the pocket. The Bears offensive line is not very good. At least Trubisky gives you a chance with his legs. He seems like he's gotten a better grasp of the offense the last two or three weeks. So, look, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I doubt he comes back to the Bears next season. I guess there's an outside chance they re-sign him. Most likely, he goes somewhere else to battle for a starting job or, or takes a backup role. But at this point, I think when you look at that Bears quarterback roster, he by far gives you the best chance to win. And I think the Bears will do enough on offense here against Minnesota. I think their defense is going to shut down Kirk Cousins and the running game for the Vikings. So I like the Bears getting the three points. I actually think they're going to win this game outright. I wouldn't have the guts to bet them on the money line. But I'm going to go ahead and say that the Bears... Uh, take this contest at least on the spread. I think they went out right, but I'm going to take them plus the three points. And one other thing that John brought up, and I, I got a great illustration for it. He mentioned how he liked the Bears a lot more if it was the six-point spread that it opened at, not the three points that it is as we tape this show. But a perfect example of this was last week when we talked about 
the Packers at the Detroit Lions. And I said, I'm going to take the Packers, but I hate that it's seven and a half. I just can't trust Detroit. And sure enough, the Lions got a late score in that game. And it's turned out to be a Packers win on the line by seven points. So it was when, or rather a straight up win by seven points. So on the line, the 31-24 win by the Packers in Detroit over the Lions. That was a loser for me. It wasn't one of my best bets, but it was seven versus seven and a half. If you get it at seven, you got your money back. And I got it on when we taped the show. I said, take it at seven and a half. So what John's saying is so true about those lines illustrates all the time that, that the gambling lines are scary close, especially in the NFL. This is not some obscure Mac conference basketball game that five people are watching when Miami of Ohio plays at Toledo on a Wednesday night in February. Uh, those games are harder to put lines on because, frankly, there's not all that much information on them and not a lot of people watch them. They're still good on those too, but it's not like the NFL where there's so much information. Everybody's watching them. The gambling experts are scary good when they set these lines. So value is so important. Still, I like the Bears on this one. I'm going to take the Bears plus the three. And on the total at 46, I'm going to say that game goes over the total. So I'll take the Bears plus over the 46. Not one of my best bets, but we'll pick it here for purposes of we want to get you information regarding the local team. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football and gambling information in the state of Illinois. He is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. John, before we move on to the the game we're going to talk about this segment, probably the feature game of the week in the NFL, that being the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints, and you look at the matchup there. That's one the one possible Super Bowl matchup. The 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 Chiefs at twelve and one going to New Orleans. They're ten and three. Drew Brees status up in the air for this game. Will Taysom Hill be under center? Will Brees after a week of practice maybe possibly under center for the New Orleans Saints? But before we do that, I got a crazy theory here about Matt Nagy coming back next year, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, and Bears fans that aren't going to want to hear it. And heck, I don't even want to say it, but I think it's probably going to happen. I really think that if the Bears do finish 8-8, eight and eight, if they win this game in Minnesota and they beat Jacksonville, I think there's a very good chance Ryan Pace gets fired. And I think there's a very good chance they hire a general manager and say Matt Nagy's going to at least be your coach for year one. Just because Nagy's under contract, he hasn't had a losing season, they can blame Pace for not getting him the players. And I think they could actually do that to a general manager. That that's just seems the way the Bears operate. Now, what do you think about that, John? Should Bears fans fear that Matt Nagy could actually return next season. The Bears could just make Ryan Pace the fall guy. Oh, man, that sounds like an occupational hazard. You might have to get OSHA involved in, in terms of hiring <laughs> a new manager and sticking him with this personnel group and head coach. Look, I like Matt Nagy. I, I really don't think that he is uh, the worst coach of all time. Like you mentioned, he's in unique company being a, a Bears coach that hasn't had a losing season in his tenure. But that just seems so underachieving. It, it, it really does from you know the, the way that the defense has played throughout uh, his tenure, the way that they have made moves. You can't say that the Bears have just sat on their hands and waited for stuff to fall in their lap. They went out and they got uh, Khalil Mack. They've signed a bunch of guys in the offseason. Just nothing is working out for them. So as much as I would like to see a complete redirection and uh, start something new in Hallis Hall, 
I don't think that that's that crazy, Jason, especially depending on the way that this season ends. You got to think that Mitch Trubisky, you know, they made the decision not to uh, pick up his contract year. So he's technically going to be a free agent, but you can't necessarily think that his free agent market is going to be that deep, right? Uh, he, he's not going to be a hot commodity where if he has a good end of the year, the Bears couldn't realistically resign him and go into next year with a new GM, uh, Matt Nagy, and, and see what happens. But uh, until they really do an overhaul, and until they really get some new blood uh, in the in the system, I'm talking about even higher up into the organization. They really need uh, a lot of help in a lot of different departments. Uh, it, it's going to be more of the same. So as, as crazy as that sounds, Jason, I don't think it's the craziest thing I've heard. Uh, you know, you got to think Ryan Pace is gone no matter what. You got to think Nagy is also uh, lined up for uh, a, the unemployment line at some point too. Uh, if it happens next year, maybe, uh, but it definitely happens with his contract is up. I think that much is for sure. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Quick break. couple more games to tell you about until we get to our best bets. Interesting ones from the gambler perspective. Also, we're going to look a little bit closer at some of the division races that are still on the line from the betting lines when you go ahead and look at three games left in the regular season. Some good races still going on out there. We'll talk about that right after this. to stay lines great to have you aboard merry christmas happy holidays and happy new year to everybody out there we're going to talk more about the individual games this week when we get to our best bet segment that comes up on our final segment of the program but before we do that john this is going to be a fun segment because we haven't talked about these things in a while super bowl odds here with three games left in the regular season as we approach week 15 of the nfl campaign and also some of the division races that are still on the board in Las Vegas, and some of these, they might not be great teams, but the races are interesting. And let's start off in the NFC East, because this was a division just a few weeks ago when everybody penciled in that this would be an under 500 division winner. And we've seen those before in the NFL. Some speculated that, hey, this could be a division where you might have a team only wins six games, a 6-10 and ten team with tiebreakers win this division. But that's not looking like the case right now because the Washington football team's on a roll. They're 6-7. and seven. They host Seattle this week. You have the Giants at 7-2. and two. You have the Eagles 8-1 to one and the Cowboys 25-1. to one. And here's an interesting stat about Dallas. If the Cowboys win out, they win that division based on the games that are still on the board. So it's pretty crazy to think that the Dallas Cowboys, they're not going to do it. Dallas is terrible. Pretty crazy to think that the Dallas Cowboys could actually win out at this point, win that division. But when you look at this one, remember these teams got to play each other a lot down the stretch. But if you're looking at that Washington football team schedule, they're 6-7. and seven. They host the Seahawks this week. You would think that's a game they're probably going to lose, but you never know. But they also have the Panthers and the Eagles remaining. So... There's a path here. You would think, looking at that schedule, there's a very realistic path. They at least get to 7-9, and nine, possibly even 8-8. Eight and eight. So when you look at those odds, what do you think of the NFC East, John Spataro? Well, if you look at those odds, and, and I'm with you, Jason, it sounds like the Washington football team has a really legitimate chance to make the playoffs in their first and possibly only season in existence. I think that would be pretty cool. But if you go all the way back to the beginning of the year, you could have got them as high as plus 900 
to win the division at the beginning of the year, and now they're all the way down to minus 275 as favorites. So uh, quite a shift there and and quite a, a mess of a division, like you mentioned. I think I got to go with the football team here. I mean, that schedule uh, really does seem favorable, although that final game with Jalen Hurts now being the quarterback in Philadelphia uh, really does scare me because you just don't know how he's going to keep playing. I mean, he, he looked really good against the New Orleans Saints. I think that is equal or better competition to anything uh, that he's going to see for the rest of the year. So uh, you got to think that that team's a little bit more dangerous with him under center uh, than Carson Wentz. Uh, but I, I also like thinking about the Dallas Cowboys, like you mentioned. That, that would be in true Cowboys fashion. The season that they've had, the forgettable season that they've had after Dak Prescott got hurt early on in the year, it would be totally uh, Cowboys if you would <laughs> to see them make it all the way uh, to the playoffs after going through multiple quarterbacks. Zeke Elliott's had a bad year. The receivers on the Cowboys haven't done much in terms of uh, you know what they're getting paid to do. It's it's really just been a mess. But hey, if this season has taught us anything, it's to expect the unexpected, uh, to be flexible, and and you know see some things that we've never seen before. At plus four thousand, what I'm seeing uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys at. If all they have to do is win out, uh, very unlikely that they'll do so. And you know I, I I've heard before on this show that if you're looking at a at an opportunity to put a big bet on a favorite like that, you might want to just keep betting the uh, Cowboys to win each of their games and rolling over the money on the money line each week, and you might end up getting better odds. However, uh, for this one, I think I'm just going to play it pretty straight. I think the Washington football team, uh, they just look the best right now. They, they've had a really good defense all year. Alex Smith in the quarterback situation still is uh, pretty fluid as he battles some injuries, and Dwayne Haskins keeps coming in and out. But overall, I'm impressed with Ron Rivera late in the year, like you talked about earlier, Jason. I think the football team is going to go into the record books for more than just one reason this year with a playoff appearance. Yeah, I'm with you here, John. You know what? The Giants would have a realistic shot at this if they would just do one thing, but their schedule's too tough now, I think, the rest of the way. Why are the Giants not playing Colt McCoy and they keep running Daniel Jones out there? I mean, Daniel Jones is an absolute turnover machine. If the Giants would just play Colt McCoy... They would have had a realistic shot at this thing, but I think their schedule is too tough. They got Cleveland coming up on Sunday night. Then they go to Baltimore. Those are two games they probably lose, and they host the Cowboys. That's one they probably win. Uh, the Eagles are have the Cardinals left. They got the Cowboys, and they also have the Washington football team. So if they were to beat the Cardinals, the Eagles have an outside shot at it. And then the Cowboys have the Niners, the Eagles, and the Giants. So, again, not the toughest schedule, but I think you brought it up and said it best, John. The Washington football team is – right now playing the best football of all these teams. Plus, they have an edge in the standing. So I'm going to say the Washington football team. I wouldn't bet it because I don't think the line's very good, 2-5. to five. I'm, I'm going to trust them. Basically, you got to lay a lot more money than you're going to win back, uh, additionally, so to speak. So I, I wouldn't bet it, but I, I do think they win that division. Now, here's another one. The Rams are 1-2 to two to win the NFC West. The Seahawks are 8-5. to five, And the Arizona Cardinals are 75-1. to one. And you go ahead and look, the Rams have had some good wins in recent weeks. And you look at the standings, uh, the Cardinals are barely clinging on to the final playoff spot in the NFC, the third and final wild card they added this year. Uh, they're seven and five and the Seahawks are nine and four and the Rams are nine and four. So these are two teams 
where you look at they have identical records with three games left, but the Rams have the tiebreaker here against Seattle with the head-to-head victories. And you look at the schedule, it's a lot more favorable to the Rams than it is to the Seattle Seahawks. So the Seahawks basically down one game in the standings with three to play because they lose the tiebreaker. How do you think this one shakes out? Yeah, again, another way to kind of circumvent some of these odds here, if if you do think that the Seahawks are going to win the division, you have to think about how that's going to happen. And like you mentioned, Jason, the Rams have the tiebreaker, have a a more favorable schedule, and have all around been a little bit more consistent than the Seahawks this year. The Seahawks have had some interesting performances, some games that they did end up winning. But I go back to, you know, what they did in Philadelphia, where they were able to beat the Eagles and kind of the send off for Carson Wentz, but they didn't look necessarily great doing it. And meanwhile, the Rams, uh, with that defense and the way that Jared Goff can play, uh, you know, they they look every bit as much as the playoff team and and really the Super Bowl team that they were a couple of years ago at times. They could also have some bad games too. Uh, but but if you are considering going with the Seahawks, you should probably look at, you know, how is that going to happen? And, and that's going to require the Rams uh, to lose a game that people, you know, might not think that they're going to lose. Specifically this week, they're playing the Jets. Uh, I, I got a little bit of a foreshadow for you. I'm, I'm going to be making a play on this game. But if you think that the Rams are going to lose to the Jets or, you know, if you think that they're going to lose the division, uh, you, you're probably better off betting against them in some of their money line plays as well here down the stretch. I, I do see, a, you know, a situation where the Seahawks do sneak in as the uh, the division champions. It would be really nice if you were holding the ticket uh, for the Arizona Cardinals uh, with big odds as they are right now when they uh, win the NFC West. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So all in all, it, it's an interesting play uh you know like you said you got two teams equal records uh one has the tiebreaker uh but you can get some better odds depending on where you look so um if you're going to make a play on it i would suggest doing it this week with every you know game that goes by uh, those odds are only going to get better or worse depending on uh who you're looking to bet on so i would uh really think about all the different games that they that these two teams have left to play and uh, also consider betting against which team you think is not going to win the division on the money line because that's obviously going to need to happen uh, for the Seahawks to win the division. All right, so John checking in. He was with his thoughts here on the NFC West. I I look at the Rams winning this one as well. A big part is the schedule. I mean, the Rams have a favorable schedule starting with the Jets this week. Uh, Seattle's certainly a team, I think, to be reckoned with in the playoffs. They have the better quarterback, the Seahawks do. Russell Wilson, I'll take him over. Jared Goff, who's inconsistent but good at times. So I would say I take the Rams here, too, at 1-2. to two. I, Again, this is not one, though, I would bet because I don't like the odds. But if I had to pick it, if you gave me 100 bucks and said, put it on one side or the other, I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams to win the NFC West. Now, John, here's one we can probably spend about two minutes talking about, if that. <laughs> there is a line out there. I don't know why. But there is a line, I guess, because it's technically not C up this division the bills are one to 100 to win the afc east while the dolphins are 15 to 1 to win that division if you go ahead and you look at uh the standings in the afc wet or the afc east rather uh the bills are 10 and 3 the dolphins are 8 and 5 so they're gonna need a miracle the miami dolphins to actually win this division uh, it's buffalo's division for me i don't see a collapse here by the bills they're a well-coached team josh allen's a good quarterback they got a good defense i think they're gonna be the first nfc or afc east winner in a long time not named the new england patriots 
Yeah, and if you're going to make a bet on the Miami Dolphins in this situation, you might as well just go ahead and and really size up a payday and put a bet on a line that I'm seeing here online, uh, plus 200,000 for the Jets to win the AFC East. I don't even know if that's mathematically possible. (laughs) I don't know how that pays out. Maybe, you know, if teams get disqualified or something, that would be considered a payout. But uh, like we've mentioned, if you go looking for it, you could probably find a line on anything that you want, even when it's out of a... Uh, you know, the realm of possibility that's pretty much just making a donation to your bookmaker at that point. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Jason. The, the Buffalo Bills are going to win that division. If you would have gotten them early in the season, it, they opened at plus 450 as underdogs to win that division. The Patriots, obviously, the you know, the shoe in uh, winner of the AFC East for most of my lifetime, uh, they were marked at minus 400 as favorites. So, what a year it's been and what a fall off we've seen uh, from what has been the status quo for a long time in that division. Uh, Buffalo's earned every bit of it. Josh Allen's been playing great. Uh, they really look like a force to be w- reckoned with in the playoffs as well. They, they just look like a pretty complete team right now. So yes, as tempting as it is to maybe put a bet on the Miami Dolphins, who are also playing pretty well, uh, you got to admit that Tua Tagovailoa has a pretty good uh, feel for the game right now, and, and he seems to be able to move the ball, and that defense is playing pretty well too in Miami. So they're no, uh, no uh, scrubs either. However, uh, it, it's Buffalo's division to win. Don't even really think think about anything else yeah bills are going to win the afc east last one for you john afc south this one's a lot more realistic the titans are four to seven odds to win it while the colts are sitting at seven to five odds to win this division so the titans have the inside track but you go ahead and you look at the afc south the titans are nine and four the colts are nine and four as well and you look at the matchup here the colts did beat the titans uh, earlier this season, but then in November, but then the Titans returned the favor uh, in Indianapolis against the Colts. So this is one you look at the schedule remaining. The Titans have the Lions at home. They're at the Packers and they visit the Texans. And I'm going to pull up the Colts schedule here real quick as well. So that schedule, you would think the Titans would at least go two and one right there. Uh, the Colts have the Texans. They're at the Steelers and they got the Jaguars. And that's one they probably looks like they're going to go two and one as well. So the tiebreaker would go to right now, at least uh, to the Tennessee Titans. But if you want some value, maybe you look at the Colts here. It's not unrealistic to think they could win that division. Certainly. Yeah, they've been playing well lately. Their defense seems to be back on track after a couple interesting games. One uh, against the Texans in the division a couple weeks ago uh, where they let up a ton of points in the first half. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be a close one down to the stretch. I think I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. Uh, Again, not a ton of money to be made on the odds here. But if I'm thinking of which team uh, has been playing well uh, for a majority of the year, you know, the the Titans really got out hot of the gate. Um, You know, they, they were really looking like a great team in the AFC. I was, to go back to that week that they missed uh, due to the COVID complications, and then they came back and blew out the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think that was Tuesday or Wednesday night football at the time, whatever it was. Uh, they haven't looked as good since, and certainly uh, no one's come close to doing that to the Bills uh, at all this season since that game either. So, uh, kind of a, a forgotten uh, a performance from Tennessee, but all in all, I, I just think that the Colts have more going for him on defense. I think they're going to be a tougher team uh, down the stretch here, and 
and and you know get back to uh, their winning ways. Uh, and credit to the Colts, really. It seems like a long time ago that Andrew Luck made that surprise announcement, and they were uh, without a quarterback last year. But they go out, they find Philip Rivers, who you know is just destined to be playing close games until he's fifty five or whatever he's going to be. Uh, but uh, serviceable quarterback in the NFL paired with a good defense. Ryan Tannehill hasn't been playing, uh, you know, as, as as high as we've seen him play like he did at the beginning of the year of late. Uh, give me the Colts in that one, not necessarily on a money play, but just what I think is going to happen. I think the Colts get it done. All right, John Spataro locked in for the Colts. I like the value with the Colts here. I really do. The Titans have stumbled in some games this season and make you shake your head a little bit. So they're the odds-on favorite here, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts as well just because I like the value. So give me the Colts to win the AFC South. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines. When we come back, we'll recap our Bears picks and also each give you three best bets against the spread for week number 15. All that and more right after this. segment of the week on State Lines and it's one you've been waiting for. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. We tell you our best bets against the spread and we recap our Bears pick and of course for the Bears this week they're getting three in Minnesota. The total in that game is 46. John I'm going to throw the floor over to you. What do you think Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy's guys do this week up in the land of 10,000 lakes? Yeah, like I mentioned in the first segment, I would like this game a lot more if it was where it opened up. The Bears opened up at six-point underdogs. I think that would be an intriguing bet. But at the three-point mark it is right now, I think i got to go with the Vikings. It just feels right that the way that these two teams have played since they met last time, they've gone in different directions. Yes, Mitch Trubisky's playing better than Foles, and they had a good game against the Texans. But all in all, I think the Vikings have playoffs on their mind. Meanwhile, the Bears seem to just be holding on for dear life. So because of that, I think i got to go with the Vikings I think they'll get it done by a touchdown in this game uh, covering the three points and basically burying the Bears chances of making the playoffs all right I'm on the other side of this one I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears I'll take the three I'm going to take the over as well I think Mitchell Trubisky's actually been playing better football the last few games better command of that Bears offense because he can move around a lot more than Nick Foles can and the Bears offensive line is not great Minnesota's hot and cold this season they lost last week to the Buccaneers in Tampa no embarrassment there but I think the Bears defense will contain Kirk Cousins and that Vikings offense so give me the Bears plus the three and I will take the over neither one is my best bet of the week but we're picking the local team as we do each and every week here on State Line. So I'm going to go ahead. We don't necessarily pick the Bears if we don't think the Bears are going to win. We pick that game, and John and I are on opposite sides. John's got the Vikings. I'm going to take the Bears plus the points. We'll see how that one plays out. Also, John, now the floor for an extended period is yours because you've been on fire a lot this season, down week last week with the 1-2 and two record, but when we've had those weeks from you, most of the time this year, you bounce back in style in a big way. So give the listeners a Christmas present here with Christmas right around the corner next week. How about stuffing their stockings with three winners? 
Well, that sure would be nice. And yes, like you mentioned, happy holidays to all. I hope everyone's enjoying the holiday season. And I hope I can make it a little bit sweeter with some winners here as you prepare uh, to welcome Santa or whoever it is uh, that you believe in in this time uh, into your homes and into your hearts. So let's go for a, a, a throwback to start. This is a game, the exact same situation, although the, the home field advantage is flipped. But this is a game I bet on just a couple weeks ago, and I hit in interesting fashion. I'm not expecting expecting it to play the same way, but I am going to bet the same. I'm going to bet the under in the Colts-Texans game. I did this a few weeks ago, and if you remember, that game had 44 points scored in the first half, and it ended with a total of 46 points to give me a cover on just about the same number uh, this week. It, it, the, the total right now is hovering around 52 points. Uh, when I bet this a couple weeks ago, it was 52 and a half, and here's my logic. I think that when you play a game like this so close to each other, uh, you're playing the same team within a a few weeks, two or three weeks span here, uh, you're bound to be a little bit sharper on defense more than you're going to be on offense. I think that's just a, a constant throughout the NFL. If you see teams more, you're less surprised by their packages. You can kind of settle in on defense a little bit more and buckle down. So although that that game was crazy and it almost went over in the first half and, and I needed a miracle uh, in the second half for it to cover, I think this one around the same total, a lot of the same players, I think I'm going to go with the under again on this one and see what happens. It's, it's it's going to be an interesting play. I doubt it's going to play anywhere near uh, the same way it, it did in the game uh, a couple weeks ago, but we'll see. Uh, give me the under in the Colts and Houston Texans game. I'm going to go right back to what I did last week. I'm going to bet a big spread against the New York Jets because that team is just hapless. There's no reason for me to believe that they're going to do anything different week to week. They're playing the Rams this week, are the Jets, and they are currently 17-point underdogs. Give me the Rams minus 17, just like I thought with the Seahawks on Sunday. Uh, there's just no competing against the New York Jets. You just kind of score your points again against them, put the backups in, and just uh, take kind of a pseudo bye week when you play them. There's just not a lot of competitive football being played from the New York Jets. I'm not even going to think about this one. Just give me the Rams as big favorites against the New York Jets. And then the other New York team locked in a good one against the Cleveland Browns coming off of a heartbreaking loss uh, to the uh, Baltimore Ravens last week. The Giants kind of on a weird trajectory and Jason you might get your wish like you said uh, Daniel Jones dealing with a lower leg injury we might see some Colt McCoy I think that this one's going to be a double letdown spot for the Browns and I'm going to take the New York Jets plus four in this one I think that the, the the Browns gave a lot in their game last week it was kind of a game of the year contender between them and the Ravens they couldn't get it done and now I think they might have the tendency to overlook the Giants in this one while meanwhile the Giants like we mentioned are, are firmly in the mix for a division title in the NFC East. So give me the Giants in that one. I, I, I really do think that this is going to be a tough game for the Browns to bounce back on. So to recap, I'm going under in Houston and Indy 52 and a half. Give me the Rams as favorites over the Jets minus 17 points and give me the Giants covering as underdogs against the Browns on Sunday. All right, John locked in with his Christmas special for you right there. Cash those tickets after those games and get yourself some nice gifts for friends and family. I, Jason Gotch, will wrap it up here. And I'm with John on the Rams. I'm going to lay the 17 against the Jets. You look at the 0-16 teams in recent memory in the NFL. The Browns did it a couple of years ago uh, under Hugh Jackson. The Lions did it back in 2008. The Jets are a lot worse team than those that Lions team and that Browns team. And that's saying a lot because those teams were terrible. Uh, the Jets have worse coaches. 
Uh, the Jets have a worse roster. The Jets are not competitive in these games. I remember the Lions had some games against the Vikings. They were competitive. The Browns had a couple games. They were somewhat competitive. But the Jets are terrible. And also, you've got good, very good coach versus maybe the worst coach ever in the NFL in Adam Gase. Strong statement. Richie Kotite in the 90s was bad. There's been some bad coaches in the NFL. You'd be hard-pressed to find one that's worse than Adam Gase. That guy is absolutely clueless. His staff turns on him. He turns on his staff. The players have no idea what they're supposed to prepare for. He's brutal. That was a bad hire by the Jets uh, the day it happened when they took him after the Dolphins fired him. And it, it's even been worse than I even I expected. And I've never been a fan of Adam Gase. So you go ahead and you look at this one. McVay and company are going to roll the Jets. <laughs> I don't like laying 17 points. Here I do. Lay the 17 points with the Rams against the visiting Jets. Also, I'm going to go ahead and take the Miami Dolphins this week. I think that Miami has a great shot to win their contest. I think the Dolphins are one of those teams uh, that's a play-on team right now, and Miami is laying two points against the New England Patriots. They normally play the Patriots stuff anyway. They're at home against New England. Cam Newton has not played well for the Patriots this year. And the Dolphins are a surprising team. So I'm going to take the Dolphins at home minus the two against the Patriots. Also, I am going to wrap this up by taking the Saints plus the points at home over the Kansas City Chiefs. Take the four points. Take the Saints. They're at home. They're going to find a way to get this one done, whether Breeze plays or not. Possible Super Bowl preview between these two squads. So to wrap it up, I'm going to take the Rams minus 17, the Dolphins minus one, and the Saints getting the four points. So for John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. This has been State Lines for week number 15, where you get the best pro football information in the state of Illinois from a gambler's perspective. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to everyone out there. We'll talk to you real soon, and enjoy the winners, everybody. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.